Have you ever ate barbecue somewhere and you just had that taste that was just like too smoky? They, You think that what they did is they smoked it too much. Well, actually, that's not the problem. On today's episode, we're going to talk about smoke because we know that smoking meat, it's all about the smoke. Hey, you're listening to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. Hey, thank you for joining me today. This is Frank Cox, smoker builder. Hey, uh, what we're going to talk about today is smoke. You know, whenever you go into a restaurant or somewhere, or if you've cooked barbecue yourself, or maybe you went to your neighbor's house and uh, you had you had barbecue over there, and this it just tasted too smoky. Kind of gives you some heartburn, maybe after you eat it. Sometimes you just get this weird feeling on your tongue. Different stuff like that happens, and we're going to talk about what causes that. First off, we we don't like the flavor of that. You know, whenever you uh, bite into a piece of barbecue, what you're looking for is salt, then sweet, then smoke, then a little bit of heat, right? And that's kind of the that's kind of the layered profiles we're looking to get. When we get that, we we don't want the sooty smoke, just the nasty smoke on the top end, of, to ruining all that flavor that we're trying to get from the product we just cooked. What we're going to talk about then, the first round is pellets. Now. You know, we got some people like pellet grills, some people hate them, you know, but it's, it's what the, it's easy for, you know, beginners to get in and, and cook with a pellet smoker. You can just run out there, pour a bag of pellets in the hopper, turn this thing to start, cook it, let it roll, right? Well, there are some issues with that, that you can get something, you know, even though it's controlled electronically and, and we've got a computer telling it how many pellets to put it in and, and uh, how, how fast to run and all that stuff. And you, you do normally see like a thin blue smoke coming from that, uh, from a pellet cooker like that. But what you can run into is if you don't clean that cooker right, you'll actually get like a car- carbonized flavor that can produce that soot. Usually that's built up like over a, a plate that's over the top of the burner. The first thing we want to make sure of on with pellets is we want to we want to have a good clean cooker and that goes to say with any cooker type. Now, on pellets, the thing is is we're not going to get a lot of smoke penetration. That's one of the downsides to that. Now, it's it's basically so refined the pellets are that they've removed all the important characteristics of the of the raw wood. When we when we burn a fire, we wind up with a nice thin blue smoke. It smells great, but the thing is, is there's just not a lot of penetration from that smoke into the flavor of the meat. So you'll probably run into that. When we move on to like charcoal, for instance, charcoal, it can burn with a little bit of air. It, it doesn't need a lot of air. You know, we got we to gotta choke off the amount of air coming into the coal bed for the fire and uh, in order to control this. Now with charcoal, if you do choke it off too low, it's just going to put the fire out. You're you're not going to get soot from just plain charcoal because it's been ultra refined. Like we've removed everything from the wood and left it with just a carbonized matter left over from the kiln process. So with charcoal, you're always wanting to add something to it to give some smoke, let's say. Now you got to be careful here because if you add wood chips, for instance, that's okay. They'll they'll burn up pretty fast, and you'll have to add more. But if you add too big of a chunk of wood into your charcoal basket or whatever your charcoal is burning in in the firebox, let's say, 
then then you're going to wind up if you have if you don't have enough air going to it, you're going to end up with white smoke. And we're going to talk about white smoke here in a minute. But that's where the that's where the soot comes from, that sooty, smoky, oversmoked taste. What we want to do then is use like really small pieces of wood. Usually I try to burn them like a fuse, long, skinny pieces of wood. And uh, I try to light one end of the charcoal and let it burn through, you know. You're going to get more of a grilled kind of a smoke taste. And that's good. I I don't dislike it. There's a lot of contests won with that flavor of smoke also off these ugly drums, you know. But you're not going to get like this this hickory wood smoke, even if you use hickory-infused briquettes and stuff like that. You're, you're not going to get this deep wood-flavored smoke penetration into your meat. Um, unless you have, like I said, added wood to the charcoal basket, then you'll get some. But So when we talk about wood itself in its purest form, this is where the, the real smoke flavor is going to come from when we're cooking food. What we want to do is we want to use like a good quality wood. And if you're new to cooking barbecue, start with like, you know, hickory, oak, you know, the, the, the things that are easiest to come by. Um, you know, don't go out and buy some exotic wood and, and try to cook with like, you know, mesquite or cherry or something like that. I mean, unless it's local to you, but, um, you know, try to ease the learning curve with the readily available North American hardwood like hickory or oak. And what you're going to do is use, you know, splits. I, I find it really difficult to, uh, to control my, my cooker using like wood that's not split. Like if you call the wood guy and he brings you a load of wood, he's thinking firewood. And when he brings it to you, you're going to have a bunch of stuff mixed in there that's like limbs that might be up to four inches in diameter with bark all around it. Now that will burn, but you got to have a way better coal bed and you got to, it's, it's going to take some time to, for that wood to, to fully combust. I prefer only to cook with splits. Bark on or bark off doesn't matter to me, but there's a lot of people out there that prefer not to have any bark on the wood splits when they're cooking them. So you can remove that if you want. I've never found any any poor taste because of that. It's it's more or less just a preference thing. And then sometimes you might get into some wood that's had like, you know, some some wormholes or something in it or some bugs or something like that. Uh, it's, it's unavoidable. You're going to get into that situation. I try to, I try not to buy wood if it's got that in it, simply because I don't want a whole lot of just weird bugs around my house, you know, where I store the wood and stuff like that. But as far as like affecting the cook and the flavor of the food, I've never really found that to be a problem. Anyway, with wood, like hickory splits, I like to start off with with a split that's about four inches. You know, if you take a log that's like 8 to 16 inches and you split it up into four to six pieces or so, you'll have a really nice size split. And that's going to give you the best flavor. You can also get that uh, split cut into whatever length that you want. If you're going to cut it yourself, cut it to fit your firebox. If not, you might have to buy wood and then cut them shorter to fit if you got a smaller pit. But the thing to remember is, is that we want to buy wood that is either green or has been sitting for a couple of months. We, we really don't want it to be like a year old when we buy it. The reason for that is, is because that wood is going to be seasoning the entire time it's sitting there, and it's going to be drying out. The longer that wood sits there and dries out, 
the hotter it's going to burn, the less flavor there's going to be in it, things like that. If the wood is too green, then you'll get into some flavor issues. You know, it'll be hard to burn. You'll wind up with a lot of white smoke from the wood because there's too much moisture in it, things like that. So my recommendation here is to let the wood season, after, if you buy it, let the wood season for a couple of months and then start using it. When you're in a bind and you got to use wood that's green, we like to warm it. What that does is it just kind of helps us dry the wood split out manually. And if you've got a stick burner that, uh, you know, let's say it doesn't have a warming cabinet on it and it's not insulated on the firebox, then you can just take a split. You add a split to your firebox and then take a split and set it on top of the firebox. And as it sits there, it's going to heat that wood chunk up and the moisture is going to start to dry in that piece of wood. And you'll find that it'll burn a lot better that way. So now what kind of smoke are we looking for? Well, here's an indicator. Here's the best indicator. If you look at your smokestack when you're running your cooker, whatever kind of cooker you're running, it doesn't matter, pellets, charcoal, wood, whatever, you're going to look at the smokestack. And the smoke leaving the pit should be what we call a thin, wispy blue smoke or thinner. It could be clear. Clear is premium. When you when you got your smoker running and you've got that good clear smoke coming out of there, you're getting maximum flavor at that point. But most of the time, when using wood anyway, we're going to be running like a thin blue smoke coming out of there. In order to get a good balance on that, this is caused by complete combustion. So you want to make sure you're getting complete combustion whenever you're cooking. That means you're going to have to have a good coal bed if you're using wood. Um, when I say coal bed, I'm talking about either charcoal or wood that has been burned that is turned into charcoal in your firebox. And I like to have a pretty good pile of those coals in there because the coals is what actually does the cooking. The wood, when you add it to the firebox, is just creating the next round of coal for your coal bed. Now, if you start seeing white smoke coming out of your smokestack, then you know you've got a combustion issue of some kind. Two things that can cause white smoke. It can either be steam from uh, like coming up out of a water pan, or it could actually be poor combustion. The best way to tell this is to let a little bit more air to your fire. Yeah, your temperature might spike up, but if you open your temp- if you open your damper and add more air, combustion air to your cook your firebox, then you're going to get better combustion, and you're going to wind up with thin blue smoke coming up out of there. If you have water in the cook chamber, it's going to be more difficult to tell if you've got complete combustion. It'll be more of an odor thing. You can really tell the difference between, you know, poor combustion and, you know, the, th- the smell from the smoke when it's poor combustion or if it's clean combustion, just simply by the odor of the smoke. Now, one other thing that can cause white smoke is going to be if your cooker is dirty. You'll get like a carbonized grease kind of buildup on places like your baffle plate. We see this all the time on ugly drums. People don't clean their ugly drums and they fire it up and they put a brand new load of charcoal underneath of that baffle plate. You know, it, it just it just burns and carbonizes and just reeks this white smoke up into the meat and they get a bad flavor from that. On a stick burner, you might have grease left over from the last cook in the in the baffle plate, let's say if it's a reverse flow. So you always want to scrape all of that off. And then when you scrape that off, my favorite thing to do is to uh, get the cooker up to about 300 degrees and then take a fine mist of water, like from a water hose or a bug, uh, a clean, fresh bug sprayer, 
and and just mist that water in the cook chamber and shut the doors real quick. And it's going to steam, and that steam is going to release all that soot and and stuff that's left over in the in the pores of the metal, and it'll actually run down the drain on your cooker if you've got a drain on it. So we want to watch for thin blue smoke. Now, how can we ensure that we have thin blue smoke? The first thing we're going to do, like we just talked about, is we're going to make sure our cooker's clean. A clean cooker is premium here because, you know, you always hear these guys, oh, I haven't cooked, cleaned my cooker since 1983, you know. Don't eat off of it. <laughs> bacteria is real, folks, and smokers do not protect from bacteria, even if you heat them up. So you, you really got to be careful with, with, with uh, running a smoker and not cleaning it. You don't have to clean it. It's better if you clean it after every cook, but you don't have to clean it after every cook. You can clean it before a cook if you want, unless you're going to let that cooker sit for like months before you use it again, then you really should clean it. (laughs) But just, just remember, keep your pit clean and you'll avoid a lot of flavor issues. Seasoned is not food buildup, by the way. For pellets, let's talk about that for a minute. When, when we're running a pit and we want to have thin blue smoke and we want to try to maximize smoke penetration into our meat, we're going to work on a couple of things. You know, we just talked about keeping your pit clean. That's number one. Number two, we want to pay attention to what kind of pellets we're using. So you might find one flavor works better for you than other flavors. Typically, what I like to do is buy the ones that are like a competition blend, something like that. And usually what they do is they blend that with 100% like hickory, 100% oak, and 100% something else, usually cherry or something like that. That makes for a really good, even flavor of smoke. You can get in there and get all these other flavors of pellets and stuff like that, but I've never really noticed a difference. So the second thing we're going to do on a pellet cooker is we're, if we want to try to maximize our smoke penetration is we're going to try to close down the damper on the smokestack a little bit. Now, you got to pay attention here because you don't want to block it off because you're going to have issues with combustion at that point. But if you if you... Over time, start to adjust the smokestack damper, and you find a good spot. Let's say it's 30% open or 20% open, which means that 20% of the free area of that smokestack pipe is is all the air that's coming out, right? So at that point, you're going to slow the smoke down. Now, this is a pressurized cooker. It's got air blowing through the auger into the burn pot from a fan. And that fan is blowing the air into that burn pot and causing the fire to burn complete. And then it's the smoke is coming out of that with some velocity from the fan blowing on it. So if you slow the smokestack, if you close the smokestack damper down, that's going to cause the smoke to dwell in the cook chamber longer. As long as you still have thin blue smoke coming out of the smokestack, you're making your temperature and you're happy with the result, you can close that damper down and it'll, it'll help your situation. Now, on some of these newer uh, versions of pellet cookers, especially the Smoke Daddy pellet hoppers, you can actually control the auger speed on those, on those cookers, and even some of them might have a variable speed fan. You can actually control the speeds of those things. So you can manipulate your speed and even get more or less air, more or less pellets in the burn pot at one time. Now, you just got to play by, you know, play by the rules of the manufacturer or the cooker. You know, just take your time with it. Don't get in a hurry. But what will happen with pellets 
the better smoke flavor you get, the more ash you're going to have. The cleaner your cooker is, like the less ash, the less flavor you're going to have. That's the rule with pellets. Okay. So let's get into charcoal here. Best practice, we want to minimize the amount of wood that we put in a charcoal burning cooker. Now, if you get into something like a spice wine cooker or some kind of a direct vertical cabinet that's got a charcoal bed in it that is directly under the cook chamber and you might have a water pan, you can go ahead and use bigger size splits of wood. But if you're using like a uh, um, an ugly drum or a gravity feed, that kind of a cooker where you've got a large coal bed that's going to burn slowly over time, that's where you got to really be careful with how much wood you put in the pit. Anyway, that'll that'll help a lot. And then when you do add wood, you want to give it a chance to go back through the coal bed. So I usually put the wood under the under the charcoal. Like in a gravity feed, I'll put it in the ash box. In a uh, ugly drum, I'll put it down underneath in the ash pan area or vertically in the charcoal basket. So that way we burn we burn that wood slowly and we give it a chance to to get enough air to combust properly. And finally, with wood, the rule number one is have a good coal bed. If you've just got a bunch of splits in there that you stuck in there and you take a torch and you aim at the, at the pile of wood or you got some kind of a log lighter thing you've put on your cooker or something like that, which I don't recommend, if you have some scenario like that, you're going to wind up with not enough charcoal, like a coal bed in the bottom of that pit when you start it up. That being said, you're, you could wind up with poor combustion, which could lead to white smoke when you start in your pit up. And we always know that when we, how we start the pit is how the whole cook is going to go. So if you start with charcoal in a charcoal chimney and light it and get it, like I always say, salt and pepper colored, dump it on your log rack, then put your wood on top of it, you'll have a lot better success with getting thin blue smoke right out the gate with your cooker and your cook will be happy at that point. Thing number two about wood is watch for the seasoning of the wood. We want to make sure that, you know, it's not like a year or two years old when we buy it because the longer it sits, the drier it gets, and you can actually wind up with black smoke coming off of that wood because it's just rip-roaring hot in there, Um, and it could be hard to control. So if it's a couple of months old when you buy it, you know, you'll, you'll have a lot better success. Start with common woods like hickory and uh, oak when, when you uh, cook for the first time on a new pit and you're learning the rhythm of how to cook on it. And then third of all, we want to make sure that it doesn't have any rot. That's something I've not really touched on much. When you cut down a tree and this tree was dead, right? Let's say the tree was standing dead for a month or two. What will happen is, is you'll see this ring about a half of an inch to an inch thick all the way around the perimeter of that wood when you cut it off the tree. That started to like get bugs and moisture and stuff into it, which has caused it to start rotting and decaying on the outside of the actual wood, not the bark, the wood. And so that always is just loaded with moisture in that spot. If you get wood that's like that, my recommendation is that you split that wood, and then if you if you can't find anything else, take the time to like somehow cut that rotted, spongy, wet wood off of there, or just don't buy that wood in the first place. You know, wood quality can lead to uh, 
a good or a bad cook with soot. Hey, so that's it for this episode. I hope it helped out. If you don't mind, hit the old bell there or the subscribe button or whatever you're seeing. You know, give us a rating. There's usually some stars that are all rode up there at the bottom. You know, we really appreciate it. Let us know how you feel about the show. Go to ask.thebbqculture.net. And uh, there's just a little question there. It just says, what do you struggle with? And in that field, you can tell me stuff you're struggling with that you want to talk about on the show. But you can also tell us whether you like the show or not. So uh, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.